0: Hello, and welcome to the Methods of Rationality podcast. The Metropolitan Man by Alexander Wales. Read by Ineash Brodsky. Conclusion What's the catch? Asked Lex. The important question of how would come later. Superman waved his hand around the room.
1: No more lead. No more codes no more speaking in other languages, no more secrets for me. You'll have to return my spaceship to me and stop all of the current research into a means of killing me. LexCorp will be turned into a machine for generating good in the world instead of pure profit. I'll be doing large-scale labor, and you'll be managing the profits from that as well, channeling them towards the areas where the money can do the most good. I'll need a thorough debriefing on all of your methods of deception, It probably goes without saying that I'll be watching you like a hawk. I want your help in allowing me to keep my identity as Clark Kent secret, which will likely involve buying the Daily Planet and giving me a list of everyone who you've told, for starters. And you'll never speak with Lois again.
0: And if I don't want to take that option? Lex was already thinking of ways to get around the restrictions that Superman was talking about. But if the Kryptonite was unworkable as a solution, it was almost certain that the attempts on Superman's life would have to stop for
1: good. I'm going to build a prison. You would be the second inmate if you refused. There would be absolutely no hope of escape. Then I'll help you.
0: Of course I will. But I'm afraid I still don't understand.
1: I believe there's a goodness in you, Luther. I'm still a Christian and the story of the Bible is one of redemption. I have nothing to fear from you. And you're in a unique position to affect positive change. While I admit it would feel good to lock you away forever, rehabilitation is more important than retribution. More practically, no one knows of your crimes but me, and while I can prove enough of it to my own satisfaction, I don't have any illusions that it would hold up in any court of law. Making you disappear would raise questions, and I don't know who might have the answers. I also know your methods well enough to know that you probably have a dead man's switch somewhere, and of course, I worry about what might be in it. My existence as Clark Kent is important to me, and I don't want to give it up unless I have to. You're a smart man, you know I'm offering you a good deal. You are, Lex swallowed.
0: It makes more sense to keep me alive and work towards our mutual goals. You hadn't struck me as being so level-headed
1: people change."
0: Superman blurred forward. The chair he'd been sitting in slid backward three feet and fell over. He stood right before the desk, towering over it. His
1: expression was deathly serious. I feel like it goes without saying, but I could kill you in a heartbeat. I don't like using the threat of force, but if you step out of the very clearly defined lines we're going to set, I will throw you right into a specifically made cell in my jail. If you give me reason to suspect that you're still a threat to me, or anyone else around me, you will simply vanish from the face of the Earth and never be heard from again." Understood.
0: Lex noted what Superman had said, and the very specific wording the alien had used. He had not actually said that he would commit murder, only that he could. And the threat of consequences had been vague. Superman was back to being a pacifist, it seemed, after a dalliance with murder. Lex could use that against him. But then, perhaps it made the most sense to simply accept the reality of Superman. If kryptonite shined brightly, and Superman knew to look for it, it would be nearly impossible to kill him with it. A kryptonite bomb surrounded by lead would only work if Superman could be maneuvered directly next to it, and as soon as he saw the casing of the bomb bowing outwards, he would be on the move. The other clear option was to get Superman as he slept, but given what they both knew about each other, there was a decent chance that Superman would simply stop sleeping, or rotate through different anonymous locations, and that was assuming that Superman could even be snuck up on while he slept. If Superman knew about Kryptonite and was willing to work outside of or in opposition to the law, the problem seemed nearly unworkable. Which of the proposals did you want to pursue? Superman stood back and brushed off his costume.
1: I'm looking for pure efficiency, which is your area of expertise. You're going to spend the next few days tearing the lead from these walls and complying with my demands. And then I want you to start writing a proposal for how I can do the most good. I won't kill anyone, and I want to try to keep my interference with governmental bodies to a minimum, but I am willing to reshape the world in any other way. I'll think on it. Don't cross me. I'm hoping that you can see that this is good for both of us."
0: Lex nodded stiffly. All his preparation and all his caution had been for nothing. This wasn't the end that he wanted, but it was the best that he could have hoped for after his masks had been taken away from him.
1: "...This will be the last time we see each other in person. Or rather, the last time that you see me. I'll be watching you." Superman turned to leave then stopped
0: and stared at the door. He glanced back at Lex with a frown on his face, then looked at the door again. It was lead, of course, just like the walls of the room, but something had given Superman pause.
1: Miss Graves,
0: please move away from the door. Instead, the door to the study began to open, and it had shifted only the smallest fraction of an inch in the time it took for Superman to stand behind Lex's desk. He moved quickly and efficiently being quite delicate with his power. By the time the door swung open, Superman had Lex's head in his hands, one of which was gripping his jaw. Lex felt no sensation of pain or even discomfort, only firm hands. Mercy stood at the doorway with a solid block of kryptonite the size of a baseball held straight out in front of her. Mercy, was it? His vice grip didn't
1: let up for a moment. Mercy nodded. You have to know that this is utterly futile. I shouldn't have expected you to sit idly by while Lex and I had our chat, but we've come to an agreement of sorts. I want to leave here peacefully and with a minimum amount of destruction or loss of life. Lex's
0: jaw was held firmly in place, preventing him from speaking. He could only hope that Mercy would understand from the look in his eyes. She took a
1: half-step closer. Stop. She stopped. I'm going to let Lex speak to you to try to convince you that you should leave. Lex, consider this your first test. Lex's jaw was
0: gently released. He took a breath. Mercy, I want you to listen to me very carefully. Throw the kryptonite towards The grip on Lex's head vanished just as the wall behind him shattered outwards with a rush of air. Mercy had started winding up for a throw before Lex was halfway through his sentence, and the block of kryptonite landed on the desk, where it slid across and fell to the floor at Lex's feet. Lex ignored it and opened the lead-lined drawer to pull out the pistol. He stepped out of the hole in the side of his mansion, where it was a nice and pleasant summer day. Superman was laying on the ground a hundred feet away, covered by his red cape, and Lex took off towards him at a dead sprint, trying his best to avoid the glowing green shards and bits of lead that Superman had taken with him when he went through the wall. When Lex was five feet away, he fired three bullets into Superman's head. The sight of blood sent a wave of relief through him, and he crouched down next to the body to catch his breath. I studded the walls with kryptonite. Lex said to the corpse. He kept his eyes on the body, just in case it started moving. It was far from the first dead person he'd seen, but the sight of it still sent a surge of adrenaline through him. He wouldn't have been terribly surprised if he had passed out or threw up. After half a minute had passed, Mercy came walking across the lawn to join him. Her hair was in the same tight bun as always, and she certainly didn't look like she'd just played an instrumental part in killing a god. She carried the chunk of kryptonite in one hand.
2: He had a great many options for dealing with that situation. How lucky did we just get?
0: I haven't had enough time to work out the odds. But he didn't want to hurt either of us, even after everything I'd confessed to. Leaving through the side of the room was probably what I would have done. He must have scoped out the mansion before he came, watching me in my study whenever you opened the door, observing our patterns. I think it would be safe to say that we won because we were lucky. Putting Kryptonite in with the lead was at the far edge of my most paranoid preparations, and after the brush-by, I had thought that it wasn't strong enough. I was actually angry about wasting the money. Lex ran his hand across his bare scalp. He was too dangerous to let live. I know, sir. Mercy looked across the yard. They were separated from their neighbors by a massive expanse of lawn and thick shrubs, but the noise wouldn't go unnoticed. We
2: should figure out what sort of story is appropriate to this situation.
0: She looked at where Superman lay.
2: We should also dispose of the body.
0: She was right, but Lex was having trouble focusing. He had won. It had been damned sloppy. He should have arranged for Mercy to do what she'd done on her own anyway. It should have been a masterstroke. If he had lured Superman into the room and sprung a trap, he would have felt more of a thrill of victory. But as his thoughts moved back towards the conversation he'd had with Superman, he could tell there was another reason that he only felt hollow. There was a small seed of doubt. Lex had made his choice, and made that choice for all of humanity. It wasn't unreasonable to wonder whether that choice had been the right one. Still, the seed of doubt couldn't be allowed to grow, not after the choice had already been made. I don't know how much of our conversation you overheard, but it didn't change anything. He was just too powerful to be allowed to exist. Mercy only nodded.
3: Any word from Clark?
0: Asked Jimmy. No. Said Lois.
3: I wouldn't expect any letters from him. He just left without
2: saying goodbye, though? I mean, he was never very dependable, but I just didn't expect it of him.
3: He'd had too much of the city. You read his letter of resignation. He's back in Kansas taking care of the farm. It wasn't impossible to predict. You know how much he talked about Smallville.
0: Lex had called her to let her know that Superman had been dealt with, and the letter of resignation had come in the very next day. She'd been feeling an awful pit in her stomach ever since, even as she tried to keep Perry and Jimmy from asking too many questions. She had no idea how Lex had done it, but she was certain that Clark was dead. Jimmy moved closer and lowered his voice.
2: The thing is, I was talking to Eleanor. Did I ever tell you how we met? At a bar? Right. It was just after we'd gotten back from the Whitman thing, and she asked me some questions about Clark. I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was halfway to drunk, and she was... is... pretty much a goddess. Anyway... I was talking to her about Clark's sudden retirement from the reporting business, and she broke down and told me that it wasn't an accident that we'd met each other. I was part of a case that she was working to try to dig up some dirt on local reporters. She works for a detective agency, and she thought that maybe it was that someone would be able to put pressure on him if the wrong sort of story broke. But now, now it seems a little fishy.
3: Luther,
0: thought Lois. She should have known that after she told him about Superman's secret identity, he would try to find out more. Maybe it had been one of the things that had tipped Clark off and let him know that someone was on his trail.
3: Wait a second. You started dating after we covered the Whitman kidnapping? Yeah. Why?
0: The timeline didn't match up. She'd come to Lex months later, which meant that either someone else was snooping into Clark's past, or Lex had known the truth far before she had. One of those options seemed far more likely than the other.
3: Nothing. You've just given me something to think about.
0: Just because Superman was gone didn't mean that Lex could rest easy. There was a possibility that more aliens would arrive at some point in the future, and if they had capabilities anything like what Superman had, humanity needed to undergo a rapid technological advancement as swiftly as possible. Superman's spaceship still held a wealth of information, and there was a piece of it that Lex thought of as its brain, a central component that was connected to all the others and likely carried signals of some sort. On top of that, there was the brewing war in Europe to consider, along with the Sino-Japanese conflict. It was unfortunate that governments were more willing to spend extreme amounts of money when there was an immediate danger to their existence, but war, or at least the threat of it, would prove useful.
2: Miss Lane to see
0: you. Mercy had helped to drag Superman's body from the wreckage and hide it in the trunk of one of his cars before the police arrived and as he might have predicted, the whole experience didn't seem to have changed her at all. He was doing his best to follow that example. "'Send her in,' said Lex with a smile. Lois looked different. She'd cut her hair aggressively short since the last time they saw each other, and if she had always been a little bit ferocious, now she seemed positively bristling.
3: How much of it were you responsible for?
0: I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about.
3: You killed his mother, that much I'm nearly certain of."
0: Lois sat down in what had been her customary chair and stared at him with intense eyes.
3: I went out there, did you know that? I went to Smallville, trying to find out who he had been. I'm surprised you left so many loose ends. There was an autopsy report from Martha Kent that didn't look right, and the day she died when there was that big storm, three people went missing from Smallville and never came back. They didn't find bodies, either.
0: Again, I have to insist that I don't know what you're talking about, and if you're thinking of putting any of these thoughts to print, I would suggest that you either have a substantial amount of proof, or a very, very good lawyer.
3: I kept thinking about the bombings. Clark thought that Calhoun was the man behind them, but he was wrong, wasn't he? While you were putting out a reward for Kramer's capture in public, you were sending him schematics and instructions in private. It wasn't possible for a single man to have done it all, that much was obvious, so you framed Calhoun and bombed your own properties to turn watchful eyes in another direction. You were trying to kill Clark from the start.
0: Miss Lane, I generally make it a point not to bother refuting spurious rumors about myself, but given the gravity of what you're suggesting, and the fact that we were friends once upon a time, I will tell you completely and unequivocally that I had nothing to do with any of that. I was a steadfast supporter of Superman. Because you needed a cover. I was a steadfast supporter of Superman, and I was as disheartened as anyone when he became a murderer and fled the planet.
3: You killed hundreds, didn't you, without even a thought for the value of their lives?
0: I am curious about what evidence drove you towards such a wild and unfounded conclusion. There was no way she would be able to prove anything. In the worst case scenario, she had found the laboratory where the spaceship was being kept and broken through all the layers of security, but that still wouldn't be enough to implicate him in the public eye, let alone the court of law. After the autopsy and a collection of samples, Superman's body had been reduced to pulp mixed with a healthy amount of kryptonite, encased in lead and lowered deep into an unmarked grave on a vast, private nature reserve in Alaska which Lex had exclusive control of. He had used hundreds of agents in the course of tracking down and positioning Superman, but only a very few knew enough to implicate an unknown master in wrongdoing, and only Mercy had the ability to implicate Lex as that mastermind. It was well possible that Lois could, or would, reveal to the world that Clark Kent had been Superman, But it would have raised all kinds of questions he was sure she would want to avoid, and either way wasn't something that could really be proven after the fact, nor would it substantially change his plans.
3: I don't have any evidence. Believe me, if I did, I would be shouting it from the rooftops instead of coming here. You, One Luther, I just want to know what the hell you were thinking.
0: Well, of course, I can't comment on things that I haven't done. If hypothetically i had engineered a series of heinous crimes in pursuit of some foolish feud with superman i certainly would have nothing to gain by telling you about my reasoning especially not when it would give more fuel to your paranoia
3: i hated clark for lying to me i hated him for living this double life and pulling the wool over my eyes but at least at their core clark and superman were the same person there was real goodness there, even if it was clumsy and imperfect. Is there a core to you, Lex?
0: Lois, I have a franchise of orphanages set up throughout the United States now, headed by caring, competent people. I am personally spearheading a number of advancements in the sciences that will revolutionize the world ten times over. If the United States goes to war in the coming years, one of the reasons we will emerge victorious is because of the vast resources that I control and the overwhelming technological superiority that we will enjoy. I have done more to end the Great Depression than any single other person on the planet. That is my core. Lois only glared at him. She stood slowly, seeming years older than when they'd first met.
3: I wish I'd never met you.
0: She left without another word. He'd waited too long. Superman had been stopping by with food every three days like clockwork. The hole in the ground had been expanded, and he'd brought in more supplies. It was gratifying to have his pitiful existence made slightly more bearable. But at the same time, every new possession in his miserable little hole meant that his captivity became more and more permanent. The plan had been to wait for Superman to make his next visit. Canned foods, refill the barrel of water, empty the waste bucket, and then make the trip up after that so that there was less of a chance of starving to death in the woods once he made it out of the hole. Not to mention that he needed as much time as possible to scurry away before the big blue warden came back to tend to his only prisoner. It was difficult to mark time given how close to the arctic circle he was. The sun dipped down to the horizon and then stayed there. But when three days had come and gone, Floyd had waited another two days after that, worried that Superman was simply late. He'd let his food get too low, and was going to have to make the climb on an empty stomach. He was thirty feet up when he slipped. He'd been trying to lunge to a higher handhold, and when he missed and sank back down to let his weight rest on his feet, one of them slipped. Then he was falling. He lay on the cold, hard floor with a broken leg. There was no chance that he would be able to make the climb now, let alone hike through the wilderness. He made a quick tourniquet and a splint, and hoped that Superman would come back. End Thank you to the following people.
3: Kate Baker, reading Mercy Graves. Lois Lane, by Anonymous. J Diani.
1: Superman and Clark Kent, by Nathan Bowman.
0: This chapter's original text, production notes, and attribution links, along with archives and much more, can be found at hpmorpodcast.com. Some sound effects used are courtesy of the Free Sound Project. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed The Metropolitan Man as much as I did. Please come back in two weeks for an interview with the author, Alexander Wales.
1: I can ride my bike with no handlebars No handlebars No handlebars